the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. We are talking with Deborah on line number two. Deborah on line number two. What's your thoughts or comments today on our topic? Hello. Jesse, I'm an example of what you've been talking about. Mm -hmm. In what way? My parents decided they wanted to keep me when they found out I was disabled. Mm -hmm. When I was born. Mm -hmm. At six months. So this issue is very close to my heart, mm-hmm. and I have fought for it for years. Yeah, and I'm praying for it for years and loving people for years, but I won't back down. Even when I was threatened, people had threatened to kill me, they had threatened to hurt me, and I said it doesn't matter because no matter what you do to me, you don't change my values. Right. Think about it. God was gracious enough to your parents to help them recognize that you were valuable enough to live uh, in spite of your disability and look at what God has been able to do uh, with you, through you, in terms of your passion for life and passion for people, uh, no matter what stages they are in. And this is exactly where the enemy uh, loses. This is where he loses. This, and this is why I see how he uh, is bent, hell bent uh, on wanting to kill the child in the womb, Deb, because if they get out, uh, God is able to make all grace abound and to and to produce sons and daughters, as are you and I, who are who are willing to stand for the cause of truth and the glory of God and, and, and life. Uh uh, so you are indeed a testimony of it. I had a sister uh, share this with me last week, how that she she was the product of uh, uh, a parent um, who who um, who actually did try to abort, but it failed. And that that child, you know, uh, is alive. And I'm sure there are just hundreds of thousands of stories like that as well. In other words, God is not just going to let people uh, this dark, demonic culture of death dominate our society by by at whim killing people. They're going to be people who rise up and say, hey, I was one of them. I was one of them that was, you know, in danger of being aborted. And here I am now a very important part of human history, a very important part of our culture and a very important part of the kingdom of God uh, more distinctly, because this is a spiritual battle without a doubt. This is a spiritual battle. And and if we start losing uh, concern <clears throat> for the child in the womb, and if we start losing depth concern for our elderly too, because Venus just called, she's another one of our sisters. Uh, you know, she has to fight for her mother because they want to, you know, hijack her. <clears throat> if we start, if we start becoming cold and indifferent about these matters, then uh, all along the spectrum of life, we have to be careful about the enemy trying to take us out. That's right. And so we, we got to keep standing, got to keep standing. Um, what people don't, uh, 
uh, know is that prayer is important. So I heard you say it. You you fought you fought uh, on the front lines, and you get this hostility of people wanting to you know hurt you and and kill you. Can you imagine that? You're you're defending the the, the vulnerable, and people want to kill you. But that's the world we live in, right? Yes, it is. It's the world we live in. But now you are able to pray. Uh, along with the rest of us, that God would be gracious enough to turn the hearts of men and women and cause them to recognize the heinousness of this particular behavior pattern. And I do want to encourage you to recognize not only the dignity and privilege, but the power of prayer. That That is something that is undermined, in my opinion, in the church as well. <clears throat> so do me a favor, sister, just thank God for where you are and, and what you are and who you are and whose you are, and keep praying for those babies because we, we we definitely want to uh, save the children. I certainly will, Jesse. Yep, yep, keep, and, 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 and keep your head up. Your your redemption draweth nigh. The same redemption that's drawing nigh for you, Deb, is drawing nigh for me. And one day we'll be able to enter into our rest. But until then, we have to continue fighting the good fight of faith and laying hold to to eternal life. So don't be weary. Don't be worn. Don't be don't be don't be uh, don't be uh, uh, as it were depressed. Uh, when all those things come upon you, as they do with us all, uh, just just look to Christ. And ask for a supply of grace to restore you to your joy and to your enthusiasm because uh, God's people do their best work when they're walking in the joy of the Lord. That's right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Good to hear from you. I love you, Jesse. I love you, too. Let me go to line number four and talk with Eddie in Nevada. Eddie, are you there? Yes, sir, Jesse. How you doing, man? Good. I joined in for you around Christmas. You took like three Three days off, three Mondays off. So I, I, I know. You're back. I, I, thank you. Um, I just, thank you. What's up? Uh, I just want to read Psalm 139, 13 to 14. For yep. you formed me, my inward parts. You yep. wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Amazing. Uh, on, on top of that, I want to add uh, on, on your Deb's phone call. Um, I have a similar story. Okay. Certainly different. Uh, my mom was raped, wow. and then she met my dad, who raised me. Right. Uh, when I was in the womb, he tried to have me RU486 right. in the 60s. They had a pill for that back sure. then, sure. twice, and she, she uh, neutralized it by drinking milk. Wow. And then, and then I, was, I was born, and he didn't want me so bad, he stuck me in an orphanage over in Oakland, and my mom fell apart. Yeah. So he committed to go get me, and he raised me. Uh, I pray for my dad, John. He's a wonderful man. He, he trained me conservative and all that good stuff. He's a farmer. My parents are both farmers. Wow. I just want to, I just want to be stoked for being born again. Amen. And like you gave her the Deb, the, the call to prayer. Uh, I've got that gift and, and I'm learning to pray and, and certainly not consistently, but, but it's so exciting to be special, but humble because I feel so special I can shine and make people not feel great, so I have to keep my story kind of, kind of balanced yep. because I'm I'm stoked. Yep. I'm a fired up young man, and I really love it. I have four beautiful children, and my wife is is beautiful, and and I have my own business, and I I just want to touch on um, the violence culture, right? Because <clears throat> as the Mayans sacrificed children, yep. and yep. this is a child sacrifice yep. uh, event. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's just 
the statistics are brutal about yep. how many kids have been killed. Yep. And and recently there was a story about a nine-year-old in the East Bay who's so smart. His, actually, his maturity is so great. He'll be in MIT like next year or soon. He's already in college. Right. How many of these children are gone that were that kid? Yep. I mean, it just goes on and on. Uh, how many personalities and benefits to um, society are, are gone? And I, I am just so sorry for that that new york vote and it just it really made me grieve and i, I go ahead no i i agree with you eddie and i appreciate your enthusiasm i i appreciate your passion and i, I actually appreciate your story I, yeah, now you got to you got I, I don't know if you're listening at the same time you got to cut your radio down but i appreciate your story because uh, and I'm, I'm learning more and more until you hear a person's story. You really don't know them. And our story plays a major part in adorning the gospel as you're doing. Look at you, man. You're married. You have four wonderful children. You have a beautiful wife. Um, you you are obviously impacted by the grace of God in Christ at the level of, uh, of witnessing. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you're enthusiastic. And yet it came through all of that. Uh, earlier conflict, uh, and, and it was the result of a mom who, uh, who 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 loved you enough to drink a cup of milk to uh, mm. to stop the process, and that's how God works. That's just how God works, and I want to encourage you. To keep yeah. preaching, keep preaching. You you know, you got that gift of exhortation. It's just there. It's obvious. Um, mm. b- be an impact on your kids. Uh, be an Im- impact on your wife. And let, let people in this particular battle that we're talking about, let them know um, we are endangering the uh, destruction of, of brilliant men and women who can do yeah. a lot to, uh, to, to redirect this world that we live in, man. I, I appreciate uh, that exhortation. Sir, I also want to just touch real quick on, and I thank you. I thank you so much. I want to receive all of that in Jesus' name. How do you feel about the fact that, now I'm not going to go a certain direction, but I might. Men have always, I I love the the patriarchy that God set up in the Bible. Sure. Man is the head, uh, woman is the neck, and the big fat Greek wedding or whatever. I get that. I get it. But the men, I still think, are a lot responsible because feminism went so radical one way that they they ended up in this place, yeah, where where they didn't want to be um, not subservient, but certainly equal and in a role that God had designed because of their um, their their forcing to be in the home, and a lot of them just went. I don't know if it was the '60s or how this. Well, it goes back. It goes back to it goes back to the beginning of time. This is what I'll say before I I, um, have to pay some bills. And your your intuition about it is right. So here's what I say to people, because people love to conflate categories and they they do so at their own. you know, uh, demise, the biblical concept of a relationship between a man and a woman is definitely patriarchal. It is, it is, it is a fundamental model of headship that our culture, uh, particularly in the Western culture despises, hates, rejects. And some of that egalitarianism has crept into the church in the areas of position of leadership. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I oppose it 
uh, essentially because God opposes it. Uh, but it's a, it's a reactionary to godless patriarchy. It's a reaction uh, to godless men who do not know how to exhibit the characteristics and attributes of a good man towards a good woman. In the beginning, mm-hmm. when God created male and female, he created them in the image of God created he him. Uh, male and female created he them. They were equal ontologically. They were equal in essence but they were distinct in person and they were distinct in role and our world yes. our world works best with that complementarian relationship the the uh, going amok presently around feminism uh, is the evidence of the spectrum of gender reassignment, gender uh, uh, distinction, the categories of 72 to 74 different gender spe- uh, species is the evidence that the enemy never really did want to stop at giving women their rights. He wanted uh-huh. to now move us past. See, here's the battle. I'm going I'm to I'm get off the line. I'll pick it up later. Here's the battle now. Yes, you and I are fundamentally beyond the male-female uh, argument. We are, we are fundamentally beyond the uh, dual or binary uh, gender uh, specifics and parameters of the Bible. The argument today on the part of our culture is no more let the women have their right. The argument is let's stop this mess called male and female. We want uh-huh. to be so much more than male and female because they know if we reduce it back to male and female, then we are within the sphere of a biblical model that will demonstrate both biologically, both socially, both historically, spiritually, in every other way that there is a difference between a man and a woman, and those differences are designed to be complementarian. Now, if yes. you if you break those parameters as we are doing in our culture today, you never have to face that fact. And so we're we're way down the line past the hyper reactionary mode of your Margaret Sangers and many other feminist women who really did yeah. want to destroy the Imago Day in both the man and the woman. We're way down the mm. line now. So, mm. listen, thank you for that call. We'll pick it up yes, later. Sir. I got to take a hard break. I will be right back. Two lines open. one 367 5329 When I come back, I'm going to pick up on why we're past the male-female uh, uh, binary gender uh, state, ladies and gentlemen. You got to be ready for the other argument because it's coming fast. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we're back 625. Two lines open, one 367 Very good conversations going on. Appreciated that call. Eddie enjoyed uh, your testimony really did and I'm sure our audience as well as we are having a growing audience enjoying the Monday edition of Lifeline where we can just gather together in a forum and we're developing relationships and that's cool as well um, as I'm um, trying to stay biblical and, and and exercise what I have been calling in our community a grace real-time grace and that is a, a, a grace of God that operates in our life through a centrality of uh, of, of of the gospel of Jesus Jesus Christ impacting us um, both from a saving knowledge of Christ as well as a transforming knowledge of Christ, but it has to take on real time uh, uh, relevance. Grace has to take on real time relevance. There are communities of believers, you guys, that are out there that are fundamentally in a bubble. There are communities of believers that are out there that are fundamentally in a bubble. And what I mean by that is they have a nice, comfortable uh, commune. Uh, and a nice, comfortable, if you will, uh, reservation 
Their communities are fundamentally shielded from a lot of the crazy stuff that's going on in our world, and they don't feel compelled to have to get involved. But that is not evangelism at the heart of the gospel. Uh, And I've never been that kind of person, and so I don't have a history where um, I I simply live on the reservation. My my heartbeat does not allow me to simply... uh, speak to the choir in a way of, uh, you know, get out of the world and quickly wash yourself out off and just kind of hang out. There has to be that healthy uh, balance between sound, uh, biblically gospel-centered orthodoxy and a radical commitment to a real-time grace that allows us to rub shoulders with people in the world because they are our family members, they are our relatives, they are our co-workers, they are our, our, you know, our schoolmates. Even for our young people at Grace who are high school, middle school, and college students, they all love me. I love them. And they're fighting this same battle as well, trying to uh, keep the gospel as a lens for their own walk when they have to now capitulate to the legal system in our public schools around the gender issue that I said uh, has basically made feminism passe. Uh, so uh, the reality is, is that not only do we have to continue the main fundamental argument that uh, God did make them male and female, and he made them different. Men and women are not the same. There's nothing on planet Earth that would affirm that. So an egalitarian uh, uh, view, uh, if it's not operating out of a complementarian principle, is rebellion against God's rule. It's simply anarchy. The idea that a woman could occupy the space and role and position of, of the man in the areas in which God has designated the distinctions is absolute rebellion against God. But we are so much further down the road from that now in our world, and our church is permeable. You know that. Uh, as our women have escalated to positions of eldership and pastorship, which have always been biblically uh, male positions, uh, as, as they have escalated there and taken on, taken on those uh, unauthorized positions, uh, that door has left uh, wide open the legitimate argument for homosexual and lesbian and now transvestites and transgendered and, and the multi-spectrum persons to come on in the same way. It, and that will occur. And the Bible will be removed from those communities. There will be no biblical authority for them practicing those sorts of things. No biblical authority. I remember back a while ago when the homosexual issue, homosexual uh, same-sex marriage issue was such a prominent uh, uh, front center argument for us back in around 2007, 8, 9. You guys remember that? And and the churches were scrambling to find a way to give an answer for uh, same-sex marriage. Well, all you got to do is say what the Bible says. You don't have to try to, uh, you know, jump through hoops and and uh, revisit culture and revisit um, the historic interpretations of the text and try to, you know, make unique arguments based upon history, culture, the patriarchal hatred of Paul and all of the fundamental feminist arguments that just came in barrages by many scholars and many liberal uh, uh, teachers who would assert, no, we have a clearer revelation. We have more insight than the apostles. We have more insight than the old archaic Old Testament church. No, you don't. You never did. So what you do is when the adversary blows his smoke, you hold your nose, let that smoke pass, let the air clear, 
Wipe the, uh, the, 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 the silt off your scriptures and read it again. Leviticus 18, Leviticus 20, Deuteronomy 21, 1 Samuel 23, Genesis 18, Exodus 18, Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter one, first Corinthians chapter six, Galatians chapter six, Revelation chapter 20 and Revelation 21 to boot many passages that lay out first Timothy chapter three, laying out the rules of uh, church government and then follow them come hell or high water and watch the Lord bless you with clarity of mind, commitment to his truth and growth in his truth. You don't have to compromise the truth just because the world is saying uh, we're not, we're no longer doing it that way. You don't have to do that, uh, but you are going to take some hits. I've taken a lot of hits. You're going to take some hits for Christ in these matters. And to just say it finally again to my friend Eddie, because uh, he's worried. Why have our women reacted? They haven't reacted to the biblical model, not godly women. Godly women do not despise the distinction and roles and calling of men. They don't. Only ungodly women do. Only uh, immature women do. Paul called them small minded in Second Timothy 3. The silly women laden with sin, easily led away by false teachers and false prophets. Those are small minded women who don't actually have the mind of God. Those are the ones that are led away. But you meet a godly man anywhere who understands the rich virtues of women within the distinction of their uh, calling. Uh, and, and she's going to be blessed, blessed and highly favored, able to operate all out of all the other free ranges of her calling and gifting, including exhortation and teaching and preaching to her sisterhood, uh, which is coming up in a couple of weeks for us at DOG, Daughters of Grace. Um, you definitely want to be there for this one. This first New Year uh, dissertation by Sister Deborah Jacks is going to be great for our Daughters of Grace. want you to be there. But my point is, is that we're getting ready to stop this fundamental battle of, of male and female because we're moving into the androgynous culture. You guys see that? Don't you see that? And once the androgynous culture has has worn us out in terms of debate and dialogue against uh, false identity markers and false gender markers under this mythical concept that I can I, I can determine my own gender. That's a mythical construct that has no basis in reality. We got to fight against it and we're going to suffer for it because it's going to be legislated as well. Uh, then we're going to be moving to, as I've stated before, the hybrid of humans and robots. Artificial intelligence is the next level. That's so very, very clear. This here is where God warns about bestiality in Leviticus 18. If you guys are listening to me, bestiality is the radical departure from the category distinction between humans and animals, which, by the way, is being practiced in an escalating way too around the world. Sex with animals. But sex with animals in the biblical construct was really a foreshadow of uh, the hybrid of uh, relationships between humans and artificial intelligence, which is happening in your communist countries, socialist countries like China and elsewhere. They are far advancing that particular issue. And it's going to be here in America shortly as well. You see what the enemy wants to do? He wants to destroy our capacity to love one another properly and purely so that we are now driven to find our satisfaction with robots. Now you think I'm being absurd? Do the research, ladies and gentlemen, and then call me back. 
before you laugh and say, Pastor Jesse has lost his mind, do the research. This is where the problem of uh, addiction comes in. This is why I'm looking so forward to being with Pastor Phil Howard and exhorting you brothers uh, to build the walls of your mind and build the walls of your heart and build the walls of your home and you pastors to build the walls of your church. Don't be infiltrated by all these lies. Don't be infiltrated because Nehemiah had a massive work to do to not only rebuild the walls and the gates, but to uproot the strategic entrenchment and infiltration of the unholy trinity that came in with their hosts and destroyed the priesthood, as you guys know. That's where we are in America. America is toppling under infiltration of worldviews that have nothing to do with a, a biblical construct of how life works. That's why there's so many battles and so much corruption and so much uh, fallenness everywhere you look is because we have been infiltrated. Now, the wall on the border of Mexico is simply symbolic. I'm not talking about a wall around America like the wall in China and like the wall in many other countries around the world. They got walls. I am talking about the symbolic importance of understanding the distinction and rights and privileges and responsibilities of a sovereign nation. You just can't let people pour in, just pour in indiscriminately. That's irrational. You wouldn't let it happen in your home. We don't let it happen in our church. You got churches that are without walls and people can come in and do whatever they want to. That's not a biblical gospel church. I'm sorry. You got to come in through the front door of the gospel. And you got to sit and learn the truth as it is in Christ. You got to prove your calling and election, your love for Christ and your love for the body of Christ before even being a member of Grace Bible Church. We're not in it for numbers. We're in it for the glory of God, not numbers. As the proverb puts it, better is a little with peace and joy and tranquility than a whole cabinet a stalled ox with strife and contention. Who wants a, a building full of people that hate one another because they're out for selfish gain? That doesn't bring God glory. Doesn't bring him glory whatsoever. Listen, let me go to line number one and talk with Leonard and Concord. Leonard, are you there on line number one? How are you doing? What's your question, comment, or observation, Leonard? Well, first, brother, I called because uh, I found your uh position about the wall and comparing it with scripture a bit flawed, but then you made the comment about never having someone who could, uh, whoever voted that way, make a logical Christian argument. Well, brother, uh, I am fully armed with my sword is drawn, challenge accepted. Okay, well, start, back, so, with, start back with your assertion. First of all, start back with your assertion that my, my uh, position on the wall is flawed. Give me, your, give me more than assertion. Yes, sir, it is. Because what you're talking about, when you talk about the biblical wall surrounding the city, yes, they surrounded the city. But last I checked, brother, we are only putting a wall on one side of the nation of a group, particular group of people who look a particular way. We are not talking about putting a wall in Canada. So we are not surrounding ourselves. That is walling ourselves off. That is being a respecter of individuals, which the Lord Yahweh is not. That is the flaw in your argument. We are not surrounding the city. Uh, we are blocking off a particular group of people. I, I think you, I don't judged. think you heard. I don't think you even paid attention. I think you just want to argue. 
I'm listening. Okay, so if you would have heard me before I let you come on the line, I told you that the wall that President Trump is trying to build is just symbolic of us having a clear distinction between who we are and who other nations are as a sovereign nation. Now, let me continue to make my point, and then I'll let you share uh, further uh, what you think is an argument. Biblically. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Leonard. Hold on, hold on, Leonard. Hold on. Biblically, for the church of the living God, the true and living God, the church at which Christ is the head, has yeah, walls around it. It has walls around it. You won't find around any. It. You won't find. Around it. Yeah, you won't find anywhere in the Bible where you can just enter into the church of the living God, the true and living God, in any kind of way other than through the front door of the person and work of Jesus Christ. You won't find that. Okay, so the front gate is open, but we had the back doors wide open. No There's back no doors. Back no no back doors, brother. You you still don't know your Bible. No, brother, I know my Bible. Okay, so then let me ask you let me ask you a question. Here. I'm saying you're not addressing what I said about Canada. No, I, I told you. A, I, I did I did address it. I did address it. Here's what I told you. One wall symbolic. Leonard Leonard, I did address it. I said that the wall that President Bush, uh, President Trump wants to build is not adequate to actually sever off America, but its symbolism is critically important. It's a symbol. It's a symbol. We don't want who here? What? We don't want Canadians here? No, we, he, don't want we, want, we want people to come through the front door. Okay, we want so people to come. Hold, hold, hold on, Leonard. Hold on. And, and my larger argument was about the Church of the Living God. If you want to talk about politics, no, we can. But I'm talking about the Church of the Living God. Now you just yeah. use the you just use the term Yahweh. Yes, sir. Okay, so you 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 maybe you are Yahwehist, and and maybe your your prism for interpretation. I don't know what it is. You I'm, use I'm the word. Of, I'm a servant of the Lord Yahweh, that, and I'm, I'm a servant, servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Who are, who are one and the same? No, they're not. Okay, who is Yahweh then? Yahweh is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, distinct according to their persons. And when I say Jesus Christ, Yeshua, uh, Christo, I am talking about the second person of the blessed Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm not making them one. There are three distinct persons. And you only get to the Father through the Son. Okay. You only get to the Father through the Son. So when I hear yes, when I hear a brother like you use the term Yahweh, what I hear is monotheism. No, sir. I believe I definitely believe in Jesus Christ, but I'm saying there's no at the end of the day. Okay, so why 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 would why wouldn't you use why wouldn't you use the New Testament term Jesus? I'm sorry, say again. Why would I why didn't I use Jesus? Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll use Jesus. Not a problem. Uh, uh, well, I, then, so are you saying to me, Leonard, Leonard, are you saying to yeah. me that you are a believer in the person and work of Jesus Christ as the grounds of your salvation and acceptance into the kingdom of God? Well, I am a servant of Christ. I live under Christ's law, just like the Apostle okay. Paul said. So I did, love my neighbor and love my neighbor as myself, and, I would, and you kept all that I have commanded. And so and let me ask you another question. So, so let me ask you another question. So you believe yes, that sir? there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, but by the name of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? 
You've already asked that. Yes, sir. You go to you. No one goes by the father, but by me. Now, can we get back to what you were saying? Well, my you fundamental, well, my, my fundamental point was that the only way into God's kingdom is through the door because there's a wall that surrounds his Jerusalem. That's Revelation chapter 21, verse 17 and following. That is the Old Testament paradigm fulfilled in the new. And when I made my argument for which you felt like you were compelled to call, I was talking about the importance of the church having the wall of sound doctrine surrounding it so that men and women don't infiltrate the church with, uh, with, with unjust motives and unjust principles. And I am still talking about men like you and I being really solid in the word of God so that we don't make a fool of ourselves or misrepresent the truth of God. With I, respect. I agree. That's why I called you. Okay. So the other thing that I'm saying is that there is a discrimination that God clearly establishes between the saved and the lost, between the righteous and the rebel, between those who are in Christ and those who are outside of Christ. That distinction is made clear when God says all that are without are whoremongers, adulterers, liars, and those who love to make a lie. That's going to be the state, uh, Leonard, for people for all eternity. So the idea mm-hmm. of a wall is a critical theological concept. Okay, but why is the wall only facing one group of people? We surround. You keep using the word "surrounded" by the wall. We are. Sur- we are not surrounded. That's the part. You what, what, what wall are you I'm talking? Not sure why? But I think. I think. Way, I think we're talking apples and oranges. What, you know, a heretic when what, you hear. what? What wall are you talking about? Are you talking about a biblical wall? Or are you talking about the wall for our government? Well, you were tying. You were tying both in, so I will tie both in. What you were saying that Trump wants to put this this ceremonial symbolic wall. Okay, well, if the wall, if you're talking about walls that surround a city, he is not surrounding a city. He is not surrounding the country. And you keep saying that there's some criminals saying, okay, well, the heaven, there's a gate to heaven. And if you come in from this direction, here's the door. But if you slip around that side, you come from the backside, well, heck, it's wide open because there's no gate, there's no symbol that we're trying to protect ourselves other than from people coming from one direction. No. Now, if this, now, if you're going to say surround then surround. But if we only have one side, then we only have one side. That's a symbol. Yes, it is. And it's not a positive one. Well, in your opinion, it's not a positive one. But I say to I say this, that what he wants to do is make sure that people come through the proper channels of making sure that when they come in, they come in by the process of them acknowledging that they need either a refuge, refugee status or they want to come in by the proper means of becoming American citizens, not sneaking in through our borders, not climbing over walls, not coming in nefariously. All of that is critical for any nation, for any family, for any church, for any home to exist. I'm really surprised that you missed yeah. that point and just wanted to call to argue. Because, that. Well, hold on, hold I'm on, Leonard. I'm just, because I don't, I, I would have totally agree with you if you said, Pastor Jesse, uh, I'm not real sure what you are meaning when you talk about surrounding with walls, because I think that uh, we won't even be able to possibly do that with America with regards to what Trump would have wanted to do. And I would have said, absolutely. I ain't nowhere in the world that he's going to be able to get a wall all around America, including up to Canada. But the point is symbolic and it makes sense. You don't just want people pouring in. Respectfully, sir, I knew exactly what you were saying. And I listen to this network quite frequently, and I am one that says, listen, I also know that there's a virulent strain of Christianity that at one point uh, lynched my cursed ancestors from trees and burnt crosses to show the light of the world that, uh, that Canaan was supposed to be subservient. Your, your people, uh, Leonard, your people, not, were, your, not, your people were never cursed. cursed. So I look at doctrine. Your people so are like never I cursed. Said, study, 
doctrine. There's a, L- Leonard. Right? Your people were that never cursed. That Christianity still exists, and that really sounds like the Christianity that you're putting forward. No, so your your people were never cursed. You're saying that about one side, not the other. Leonard, your people were never cursed. I know they weren't. I know that. that but whole, you just that you, you was flawed. You, I know. Yeah. That, I know it's true. We, first of all, we're not Canaanites. We're Cushites. Yeah. Well, person, but my point, my point, my point, not Shem. My point to my point to you that your people were not cursed. If you were referring to our, our African American brothers and sisters who were part of the whole slave trade, they weren't cursed. No, I said cursed to be Canaan. I went straight to the scripture, brother. That okay. Based segregation. So 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 segregation so. was based that we're that Noah cursed cursed to be Canaan. The, the, the blessed is the God of Shem, and they shall serve him. You know what? That will serve the God of Shem, not serve Shem. And so they use that as justification for segregation. They use it as justification. That's why they lit the cross. But all of that was from all of that. All of that. God, you, God told you that you were to be subservient to me right here when cursed be Canaan. But all of that was right? flawed. All of that so was flawed. Was, all of that was a flawed. But, that, that, but they still exist. That, that form of Christianity still exists. But that, it's not even prevalent. It's not even prevalent. So you, you kind of jump chan- on this network quite frequently. You, you, Why do African Americans and white Christians vote differently? But but that's can that's a that? that's a different that's a different that's a different question. I surely can mm-hmm. because with Go regards to the way the way the regards to the way that uh, African Americans think and the way that Caucasians think in general, not specifically. We don't want to broad brush anybody. That wouldn't be fair because I'd let them call and justify for themselves uh, the premise and, and theses upon which they make their votes. But we are still struggling very largely, Leonard, no doubt about it, with, uh, with overtones of racism on a lot of levels. I deal with that on this program uh, every every election. Every time we're dealing with a president, I deal with it. I address the fact that we have some very serious undertones of racism going on. And the uh, the issue of why blacks will vote more Democratic than uh, than whites and whites will vote largely more Republican. Uh, that that has multiple factors behind it. I'll tell you what, though, since it seems well, like this may be the body, how, how could that be? Well, uh, well hold on for a second. If we're of one body. We're supposed to be of one body and of one mind. How can we then vote differently? Because I mean, we're because start, we're, I, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Because as human beings, we are walking contradictions. Now I'll tell you what I need you to do because I got to take a break. I would definitely mm-hmm. want you to call back and we can talk about um, the uh, inconsistency of so-called Christians, whether black or white, on this issue of politics. Why some are liberal, why some are conservative, why some are Republican, and why some are Democrats. We can talk about why some are uh, progressives. We can do that, Leonard, but we're not going to jump all over the map. What you called for initially is cool. We've got some clarity on that. I like your passion. I like your zeal, um, but you see, I'm, I'm not going to back down from correcting you when you are overreaching. But I'd love to talk and to I'm you. I'm not going to back down from rebuking you when I think you put out a kind of a false, false description of who Jesus Christ is. Well, it, what did I say so, about Jesus? In, what did I say about Jesus that you don't agree with? Just one thing. What I do not agree with is it seems like you are on this airways right now saying that it is okay to put a wall facing the brown people while uh, have a, having that be a symbol, but not having a wall uh, you were, you, a Now, now Leonard, I Leonard, mean, Leonard. I mean, that is what you're Leonard, saying. That Leonard, symbol Leonard, okay. Leonard. This is, Leonard, hold on for a second. Leonard, hold on for a second. I'm going I'm to do what I, I'm going to say to you what I said a little earlier, and then I'm going to give you, I'm going to uh, let you go. You didn't hear correctly. 
And be careful because the proverb makes it very clear. He that speak it before he heareth the matter, it is folly and shame to him. Now, now, brother, I, I love talking with my brothers passionately. I got a sword. You got a sword. I hope you have love because I do, too. But I'll definitely let you know when you overreached. And that's what you did. If you were to go. Hold on, Leonard. If you were to go back and listen to this, iPod, uh, uh, this, this program. Have a final word. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If you were to go back and listen, there was no way that I was advocating the wall against colored people. You read that into that. You read brother, that into that. Brother, and, and it, hold on. Hold on. You read that into that. You read that into that. And if you would have given, well, if you would have given the, is, if you would have given, if, if, if you would have given the benefit of the doubt, all you had to do is say, hey, Pastor Jay, what are you saying? Because the wall that Donald Trump wants to build appears to be only concerning our colored people. And then I would have made the clear distinction. But you overreached. No, I did not overreach. Uh, uh, oh, you, I oh, you did. Like I you, you called it, but you overreached. That did the curse of Buchanan is the very one that. And now you move into another subject. You're not seeing the color. Now, and now you move into an, and now you move. You're not seeing it on the other place. And so you move into another uh, another argument, and I'd love to talk with you about that, but I do got to let you go. Thanks for the call. I got to take a hard break. When I come back, I'll close out my with my last two. The uh, the program is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I I really did enjoy him. Love to have talk with him more, but I'll be right back. Y'all just hold on. And now back to Lifeline. Uh, we're back. We've got about eight, four minutes in the program. Let me go to line number two and talk with Vic in Oakland. Vic, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. How are you? Uh, okay. I was saying yikes because you guys were um, very strong in your speaking. And I was like, Lord, is my subject, you know, appropriate? Well, either way, I was um, listening to how you were talking about um an order with the lord and i was um in uh i was at a wedding not too long ago and i saw um and got more depth from the lord that when god has a holy matrimony which is like holy union that's a covenant he has given but there is position um that is given in this holy order of the lord which the God is head of Christ, and Christ is head of the husband, the man, and the man is head of the wife. And in that particular order, the holy covenant can be broken if um, the woman whom she decides to say, I do, she really actually gave her rights up to a man that was going to be her covering in the holy order of God to Christ. And so sometimes in the rebellion or the continual disobedience of the holy order of the Lord, um, instead of build each other, and you can actually beat each other because there will be no respect for the man, and then the division can occur but the woman really gave her rights up as being single because she's under a covering of, like, self, may I say, like a protective wall from the Lord in holy matrimony. I was just trying to say that sometimes in continual disobedience, God must come into effect 
So the position of purpose can be realigned to his will and his purpose, but sometimes it just don't happen in our Christian submission first to God through Christ Jesus, then resist the enemy. I agree. Um, you, 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 oh, thank you, because I was scared saying yikes when you guys were talking. And well, I said, that Lord, help uh, me. well, that was just uh, that was just a young brother that's zealous to want to set forth his position, which is fine. He just he didn't follow the rules. I'm looking forward to chatting with him again. You uh, did treat him holy, though, because you did. You 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 know we're called to be holy, and in everything we do, because it's written, God is holy. And you were treating him, the brother with a holy love Absolutely. because you let him speak. I did. And he needed to give you back the respect that you had returned to him. So don't worry, brother. I'm just saying, yikes, yeah, yeah. Lord. Now, well, well, yeah, well uh, help, help. men do that. Men, men around the world do that. I've been all around the world and sat with brothers all around the world. They can get passionate. And thank you for your care, for recognizing that you didn't want to get caught up. And I wouldn't have done that with women. I, don't, I would never have that kind of um, uh, zealous retort towards, towards our sisters. So, and your exhortation was good. I mean, it really was. Let me say this, that um, at the heart of the rebellion is a violation of the orders, a violation of the distinction between male and female. And in reality, biblically speaking, God does not view mankind as he originally created him as being without covenant. Adam and Eve were in God's prophetic word in verse 26 and 27, when he created the male and female in the image of God created he them. Uh, they, when Adam Adam was put to sleep and Eve was brought into existence. Immediately they're brought into covenant and the twain shall become one flesh. That is the struggle we have been fighting with in our culture, in our world, mankind, including women, men and women despise God's rule, despise God's law, despise hierarchy, despises leadership. Uh, men and women. This is true of men and women. Men, men abrogate authority. Women oppose it, particularly when it's unjust and unright. And uh, uh, we have to find a way back into the order of God if we want to experience God's blessings at any level in which we call ourselves children of God, whether that's women with women or men with men. Uh, unless we are careful to discipline ourselves and to have conversation and uh, back and forth dialogue in a way that uh, honors God and honors one another. Uh, it just sounds like cacophony. But we've had a great program today on some really good subjects, and I'm looking forward to more conversation with all of you, including my brother out there um, in uh, on the other side of the valley there um, that had that conversation with me. I believe his name was Cedric. Bless you and bless you all. Until next time, God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.